Now before I pray, before the homily, just a few notes about Divine Mercy Sunday. I want to, to mention that and to point you in the direction to, to, to um, getting some more information about all the grace of the devotion to Divine Mercy, the image, the feast, the novena, all of those things. Um, but my, my homily is going to be focused on uh, the image in a particular way, uh, as well as this Sunday's Gospel. So, a few notes before the prayer. When today is the Feast of Divine Mercy Sunday, a particular feast in which the Lord has asked for us to venerate His mercy in a unique way, and that He has attached particular graces to. If you're not familiar with um, St. Faustina and her diary and all the things there, there's a great website called TheDivineMercy.org. Not divinemercy.org, that's a different one, but the, T-H-E, divinemercy.org, all spelled out. It's the Marians of the Immaculate Conception who um, just do a wonderful job of pre presenting the devotion to uh, the divine mercy from the Lord. So a couple of things that on this particular day, that there's uh, special graces to be obtained of a remission of, of sin and, and the temporal punishment due to sin. And normally it would be through confession and reception of the Holy Eucharist and uh, yeah, it really hurts, it really stinks that, that we're not able to do, to receive the Holy Eucharist now. Some of you have access, uh, are, you know, the priest again, with, to confession by appointment for Christ the King is online sign up, but, but some of you don't have access to that. And so, if you go again on thedivinemercy.org, you can check this out. A genuine, sincere act of contrition, uh, which means genuine sorrow, a detestation for sin, and a resolution not to commit the sin again. Um, and even in the case of, of mortal sin, there's a genuine detestation of sin, a genuine resolution not to commit the sin again, and the firm, firm resolution that the moment that I can go to confession, I will go to confession, uh, then the Lord pours forth His grace in that. You can even look at the Catechism there, number 1452 on that. And then right now, of course, making a spiritual communion in this place because we can only do what is available to us. And the Lord provides the grace there. Uh, so please check out that website and more information on that. And of course, the condition of receiving mercy is always repentance. That I can't be forgiven for a sin that I'm not sorry for, and don't repent of, and I don't ask God's mercy. Mercy is free gift, but I have to recognize the sin, have genuine sorrow, approach the Lord, and ask for His forgiveness, and seek to amend my life in that way. Okay, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We'll give you permission to speak and to do what you desire to do. We pray, Lord, that you would make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil for your gospel, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us. Illuminate the great mystery, the great gift of divine mercy. Reveal to us the heart of the Father. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The great image of divine mercy. We have an image with us today at Mass. This is the Vilnius image where we see the resurrected Christ and these rays of red and white pouring forth from his heart. These rays of mercy. With underneath the image, Jesus, I trust in you. A confidence in the Lord's mercy. Who's coming forward, who's, who's opening up his heart to expose his heart to us. That the rays of mercy may pour out and offering his priestly blessing to us as well. I want to, to make this connection. We've been talking, if you journey with us in, in Holy Week, we've talked a lot about the pierced and risen heart of Jesus. But on Good Friday, when St. John was witnessing the crucifixion and that the, the soldier pierced the side of Jesus and he said, blood and water poured forth from his heart. And St. John told us that that is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah 12, which says, They shall look upon him whom they have thrust through, Again, which they did not normally do for people they crucified, but a unique thing for Jesus. They will look upon him whom they have thrust through, and it says, On that day there should be opened to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem a fountain to purify from sin and uncleanness. The prophet Zechariah prophesied that Christ on the cross, his heart would be pierced, and from it would flow a fountain of mercy. The blood symbolizing the Holy Eucharist, and the water symbolizing the purifying water of baptism. We talked about Jesus as the new temple, and the lambs being slain, and their blood being poured on the altar, and the blood and water pouring from the altar out the right side of the temple as, as a cleansing mercy, right? And that Jesus' body is that. And that we sit, we sit at the fount of his heart and just allow his blood and water to come forth upon us that is purifying, that is healing, that is transforming. And we talk about gazing upon Jesus' heart. Because it is the sacred heart of Jesus that the heart of God and the heart of man Meet. I just can't stop preaching about this right now because I just think it's it's just so important that the heart of God and the heart of man, this is where they're united most intimately in the sacred heart of Jesus. And in this divine mercy image, what Jesus is doing is he's opening his heart for us to peer into, for us to see his heart in the heart of the Father. In Christ, because we've seen Him, we've seen the Father, and our hearts long for nothing more than this genuine encounter, this genuine affirmation, this genuine mercy of the Father. I think of this particular feast day too, as when Jesus spoke about, He used the um, the parable of the prodigal son. That that parable is just a parable of divine mercy. We said, give me my inheritance. Father, Father, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance. And we run and we squander. But then in our recognition, just when we begin to turn, then the Father comes running out and he embraces us. And if you've seen that beautiful image uh, of Rembrandt 
of the, the, the prodigal son, where the father is just embracing the son. This, this is this image of divine mercy, where he's opening up his heart for his son to, to see and to encounter the fullness of his mercy. But what do we see? Well, Benedict tells us, what do we see when we see the heart of Jesus? In the pierced heart of the crucified, God's own heart is opened up. Here we see who God is and what he is like. In this image of the prodigal son coming back, just, just beginning to turn, I've sinned. Father, I've sinned against you in heaven. I don't deserve to be called your son. And the father runs out, places a ring on his finger, new sandals on his feet, places a robe upon him, he kills the fat calf, and he parts Why? Because my son was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the heart of the father. When we sin, the enemy comes to tell us, God's done with you. You're out of chances. You've, you've exhausted the Lord's mercy. You can't turn back. Because you've already asked forgiveness for that too many times, so, so, so it's over. Don't go back. The Lord doesn't. He's not a good father. He, doesn't, he just wants to, to press his finger down upon you. Run the other direction. But Jesus reveals to us what the Father is really like. Peace be with you. A Father who pursues us even in our sin. And I want to connect this to Thomas today. You see, I brought as well this other image. This is the Caravaggio image of St. Thomas on this, about this very gospel that we're looking at today. And if you think of this, I, I pray with this so often in my life. Like Jesus comes, he's appearing right to Mary Magdalene and those by the tomb. He appears to the disciple on the road to Emmaus. He breaks in the upper room on Easter Sunday, and the apostles are there, but Thomas is not there. And Jesus, what does he do? He says, look, here are my hands and my side. My hands and my feet. He shows them his wounds. He's resurrected. Peace be with you. And they're like, oh my gosh, Jesus is alive. And then Thomas comes back. And they tell Thomas, the Lord is risen. We have seen him. What does Thomas say? I'm not going to believe until I stick my finger in his side. Until I see the wounds in his hand and his feet. And, and, I, and I actually not just see them. Because the disciples, the other disciples, saw the Lord's wounds and believed. But Thomas is like, you know what? No, no. I, I need to actually stick my finger in there. To really see. What's going on with Thomas? I can't, I can't even imagine. Like he, he, I, I, I don't know why Thomas wasn't there. But sometimes I think maybe Thomas was the brave one who was going to get food. You know, they've been in that room for a few days. They're hungry. They don't have anything. Like Maybe he, draw, he drew the, the short straw. Like, hey, Thomas, bro, sorry, man. Go get some food. Good luck. Bring that to the Lord. We come before him. And, and, and there goes Thomas. He goes out. He comes back. And they're telling him, Thomas, Thomas, Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. He's alive. I can't believe it. But you know what? Thomas doesn't run away. He stays. And for an entire week, Thomas is there with other people who saw the Lord. What's going on in his mind? about this, pray about this so much. He could be going, like, I hope they're right. Like, I hope they're right. I just want them to be right. 
please, Lord, they'd be right. They'd be thinking, there's no way. Like, I saw him dead. I saw him dead. Maybe he's thinking to himself, then, then like if he really did rise, and he, and he appeared to Mary Magdalene and Mary, and he appeared to the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he, and he came in the upper room, and I was gone for like two hours. Why did he not wait for me? Is there something wrong with me that the Lord didn't appear to me? But in the midst of all that, Thomas is struggling, but he struggles, but he remains. And then, when Jesus comes back the next Sunday, and there he is, and he sees Thomas, and what does he say? Hey, Thomas, you're an idiot. You're kicked off the team. He doesn't say that. He says, Thomas, do you need to stick your finger in my wounds? Here. And I love this image by Caravaggio. peaceful, how open and how tender Jesus is with Thomas. And Thomas genuinely, like, entering into Jesus' wounds, and specifically the wound in his side that exposes his heart. So Thomas, what is he actually doing? He's touching the heart of Jesus. He's entering into Jesus' pierced and risen heart, and therefore the pierced and risen heart of the Father. And through that encounter with God's mercy in the midst of Thomas's doubt, Thomas in that moment encounters the fullness of who God is. And then he's able to say, he gets on his knees, my Lord, my God. My Lord, my God, is the most accurate statement of who Jesus is in all of the Gospels. Who do people say they am? Some say Moses, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. My Lord, my God. Brothers and sisters, maybe for us right now, maybe we're like one of the disciples where Jesus kind of breaks in the upper room and we just, just shows us his hands and his feet. Maybe that's a moment in our life where we've had those like, yes, Lord, I believe. But maybe the suffering for us is a little too much. You know, you Thomas like, man, this guy, like, I followed him. I left everything. I'm kind of embarrassed because I don't know if he's really the Lord. Or I'm mad, I'm mad at God because how could he, how could the Messiah die? Like, I don't, I don't understand any of these things. I'm mad at the Lord because of this, this pandemic and I, and I don't have the ability to receive the Eucharist and, and what's going on. I feel abandoned by the Father and, and maybe these other people, right? These other people who just seem to be okay with this. And these other people who seem to be having deep prayer experiences. And, and me right now, I'm just caught in confusion. These other people who seem to be chosen by God in some particular way. And me, I, like, I just feel abandoned. Maybe that's you. And so the invitation is more than just to look more than just to behold the pierced heart of Jesus, but to stick your finger in there. To take your suffering and to enter into the suffering of Jesus. And to feel the, the fullness of both his suffering and his resurrection in his pierced heart. And to encounter the Father there. 
You know, Thomas was the one who at the Last Supper said, Jesus, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. That is the cry of every human heart, whether we are conscious of it or not. Show us the Father, and that will be enough, because we are made for relationship with the Father. And Jesus says, Thomas, if, you, if you've seen the Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so in this moment, this is the fulfillment. When Thomas said, Jesus, show us the Father. And so what Jesus did, I will show you the Father. I will give my life. And I will submit to being captured, scourged, crowned with thorns, ridiculed, crucified, die. And rise again as a revelation of the heart of the Father for your salvation. And so Jesus, I promise, now come and see the heart of the Father. And if you need to stick your hand in there, see and believe. Let us today not be afraid to enter into Jesus' suffering, even in the midst of the Easter season, as Thomas was a week into the Easter season, he still struggled. But the Lord breaks into that. So I just want to continue to invite us to be praying with and contemplating the heart of Jesus. I talked about the Sacred Heart in Io Jesu. Today I want to invite you to Caravaggio's uh, Doubting Thomas image and the image of Divine Mercy. Both of them are, are an invitation to look at the heart of Christ and in them to see the heart of the Father and the fountain of mercy poured out upon us. Let us pray with the gospel and with these images. Because our heart cries out, Jesus, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Here and here we have the image of the Father. And that, my brothers and sisters, is more than enough. It is everything that we long for.